You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 208 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's made a trade. The A's did something. Was it a good something? Let's discuss. But before I do, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So the A's made a trade on Saturday morning. I am recording this early in the afternoon noon on Saturday, and uh, they they are adding Elvis Andrews from the Rangers. Uh, You're probably familiar with him. He's been in the league forever. So they got Elvis Andrews from the Rangers in exchange for Chris Davis. You know, KD, Crush Davis, ah, all these things. Uh, That's those are the main two pieces. It's a bad contract for a bad contract. There's a lot that's going on underneath the surface. I'm going to touch on some of that here a little bit later, but uh, those are the main players that are involved in this deal from an outside perspective at the very least. But the A's are also sending over Jonah Heim, who was Sean Murphy's backup catcher for the second half of last season and really got Sean Manaya off to uh, off his you know bad start. So it's an interesting deal in that respect because I really like Jonah Heim, really liked what I saw, switch hitting catcher. He's going to be getting a bigger opportunity with the Texas Rangers, wishing him all the best, really liked him. The A's also sent over Dane Aker, who is a fourth round pick from the 2020 draft. Uh, so he's brand new, don't have any stats on him. Uh, the Rangers must have seen him in extended spring or something like that. And we're like, hey, I like this guy. And now they have him. The Rangers are sending over catching prospect Aramis Garcia, who was formerly in the giant system. He ranked as high as I think 11th in their system in 2015. Um, he, Made it to the majors. He's got a little bit of playing time. He had one really good short stint and then one really bad short stint, and then they released him. So that's how he ended up with the Rangers. And maybe he'll end up vying for some backup time behind Sean Murphy. Uh, Obviously, Austin Allen looks like the logical replacement because he's a left-handed bat in uh, in that mix. And you don't really want to have two righties at catcher, uh, especially with the way that the A's do things. So um, I, my guess is that Austin Allen's going to be getting a decent uh, kick in playing time now that uh, Jonah Heim is with the Texas Rangers. So it sucks to see him go, but I have been trying to pawn Austin Allen off on a bunch of other locked on hosts. I'm like, hey, if you guys give him some playing time, he might be really good because his bat, I think his bat can play. And uh, now I get to see if I was right. So that'll be fun. Um, But for now, I really want to focus on the main two players, and that's Chris Davis and Elvis Andrews. The main takeaway that you should have from this deal, if you're an A's fan, is that the A's now have somebody that has loads of big league experience playing shortstop, and the Texas Rangers are paying most of his salary for the 2021 season, which opens up roughly $16 million for the A's front office to spend if all things go well. So that is the main takeaway that I want you to have right now. There's a lot of other factors that are going on, like future money and the prospects that were involved in all that stuff. But the main takeaway is the A's now have a replacement for Marcus Simeon. That is a huge plus. You don't have Chad Pender over there seeing how it goes with his 224 innings of experience playing shortstop in the big leagues. Now you have somebody who's done it for uh, 11, 12 years. And 
Elvis Andrews, not a bad shortstop. He's been league average at the very worst. Uh, he can. He's had good seasons. He's had, he's had bad seasons. He fluctuates a little bit. He's entering his age 32 season. We'll see uh, if age catches up to him a little bit. But I think at the very least, moving from Texas, which is an okay team, they're one of the worst teams in baseball, to Oakland, who is hopefully contending for a, at least a playoff berth, if not the World Series, depending on what they do with uh, other moves. That should reinvigorate him a little bit, give him some some life. I know that his stats in 2020 were not great. He hit 194 in 29 games in 2020, and uh, that's not great. He had back issues, which is what actually concerns me. It's not the 194 batting average, because I have said many, many times on this podcast that I'm taking 2020 stats with a grain of salt. If they're good, that's awesome. Good for that player. If they're bad, it was a weird freaking year. Matt Chat or Matt Olson also hit below 200, and I think that he's still fine. So uh, I'm not putting a lot of stock into Elvis Andrews struggling in 2020. Uh, in 2019, he hit 275 with a 313 on base and a strikeout percentage that was in the 85th percentile. So it's not quite a replacement for Tommy Lastella, but it's a nice added feature to getting uh, Elvis Andrews as well. So. I'm not mad at this trade, I don't think. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I was just starved for the A's to make a move, but now they have a shortstop, and he's been good for his career. He's been not great. I know that Marcus is uh, a better shortstop at this point in his career, and he has a higher ceiling, but you know, maybe if Elvis Andrews is roughly league average, which has been a struggle at times, uh, if he's league average, I'm taking that all day. I am fine. All you want to make the playoffs is league average bats. And then you get a couple of superstars. You got your Chapman, you got your Olsen, and then uh, you see how it goes. It's a crapshoot once you get to the playoffs, but you got to make it to the playoffs. And I think that Elvis Andrews gets them closer to that. I know that people are talking about the money swap and blah, 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 blah. But the A's traded uh, a position that they don't need coverage for in DH uh, with zero versatility to somebody who can play shortstop for them, which is a position of need. So if you're just swapping contracts, you may as well be paying the guy that you need coverage at, and that's Elvis Andrews. And so that's what I'm excited about with this deal. Is it going to be a great deal? Is it going to put them over the top? No, not at all. But it is a step in the right direction, I think. And for Texas, they're shedding some long-term money and adding Chris Davis's one-year contract for 2021. And so it helps them a little bit managing their books for future seasons, trying to maybe make an, another big signing later on. And that's nice. And also, from their perspective, they're getting the best hitter of all time because in half a season's worth of games against Texas, KD has hit 32 bombs. He's hit 271 with a 1021 OPS and has just been nightmare fuel for the franchise since he came to Oakland. So, uh, obviously, they've got friggin' Babe Ruth in this deal and they're looking really good. Uh, they also traded away one of their all-time favorite players. So, uh, that's... Cost of doing business, Texas. Sorry, guys. But flipping back over to the Oakland perspective here, um, Elvis Andrews is known widely around the league. He's been in the bigs since 2009, and he's just the right kind of presence that you want in the clubhouse, especially for this Oakland squad, who is just, uh, they're, they're a bunch of guys that like to have fun. They like to be loose and all that stuff. And his fun-loving just fun loving this, I guess, uh, will keep the boys loose is something that I wrote down. Don't know why. <laughs> and there's likely going to be some head touching. I was feeling frisky when I wrote that apparently. Anyways. Yeah. He, he's just a guy that likes to have fun. Him and Adrian Beltre were the best uh, buddy combo in the big leagues as long as they were teammates. And, uh, I think that adding Elvis Andrews, he's a well-known guy. So he's not like bringing in a random guy to play shortstop. 
the guys know who he is. He's been a division rival for years and years and years. Sure, the A's have a lot of new guys on their team, but um, it, it's not like they're bringing in random guy, uh, you know, Nick Allen. I think Nick Allen would probably have a harder time adjusting to the A's clubhouse than Elvis Andrews would, just because they've been around Elvis Andrews on the big league field for a number of seasons, most of them. And uh, I think that that could pay dividends. And, you know, just him liking to have fun also will pay dividends. So how does he stack up against Marcus Samian? Because you, you gotta, you gotta uh, compare the two players. Obviously, he doesn't have as much power as Marcus Samian. He might get you 10 home runs, maybe 12. But uh, I'm not betting on that, especially taking him out of the ballpark in Arlington, which he didn't play in last year either, um, and moving him to the Coliseum. Coliseum's just harder to hit home runs in than the ballpark in Arlington. So I, I am assuming that he's going to have between like 8 and 10 home runs. Not a big not a big total there, but he will get on base a decent amount. Again, not quite as much as Marcus, but he does play decent defense, and that's something to hold your hat on when it comes to Elvis Andrews. Um, and outside of trading for Javi Baez, who is probably stuck with the Cubs after they started adding pieces to their roster, and uh, Trevor Story, who is owed a bunch of money and what they the Rockies would probably want a big, big deal in return for him, uh, Elvis Andrews probably the best option that the A's had at their price range and everything uh, considered. And I've said a few times in the past couple of weeks here that if the A's got a shortstop that was, you know, an adequate shortstop at the big league level. And I was ready to just resign myself to just having Nick Allen there because at least he plays good defense. Uh, Elvis Andrews, I think, is better than Nick Allen at this point in time. He can hit a little bit better. His defense might be a little bit worse, but I think he can hit better. So overall, I think he's probably the better option over Nick Allen right now. But uh, that could change in a fairly short amount of time. But I've been saying that if they found a shortstop, then I'm fairly comfortable with having Chad Pender and Tony Kemp just splitting duties at second base. And the fact that they also moved Chris Davis's contract in the process could help them make a couple of other small win-now moves. Uh, I'm not sure that they're going to be spending, you know, the $16 million that they have remaining on one big guy. Actually, they're not, because as I was recording this, uh, they signed Mike Fires to a one-year $3.5 million deal. So they got some, some depth. I'll talk about that more in the second half. Um, but they, they got some small win now moves that are helping them build a little bit more depth to make a run. They're not just going to lay in wait and be like, ah, we're going to see how far all of our rookies take us. And that's encouraging, I guess. Um, they could also use a little bit more help in the bullpen and likely another bat that could be primarily their DH. I know they just shipped one out, but there are other options besides the struggling Chris Davis and, you know, all of his chronicles. Um, he, he just kind of lost it after he got injured in Pittsburgh a couple years ago. And I like him plenty. It's sad to see him go. But um, at the same time, I think that this A's team needs that spot to be either more open or have a more concrete hitter at the DH spot if you're going to have one player take it over for most games. And uh, if you're thinking about some guys, you know, maybe think of like the Frank Thomas era or maybe Yoana Cespedes. He could be a guy that they could come after. Um, it'd be interesting. I know that he said that he wanted to retire as an Oakland A, and uh, he's a free agent right now, and he has a hard time staying healthy. So maybe shrugs. I don't know. So if you're mad about this trade, would bringing back Yoana Cespedes to be the team's DH for the 2021 season make you a little bit less angry? Uh, I think that it probably would, because it, you know, at the very least, it'd be fun. 
I don't know that it makes them better, but it would make them fun. And that's something, I guess. Uh, I don't know that he's the best option. And I'll be going over some of the other options that could fill that role. But he's definitely an option for the A's to consider. And he, again, said that he wanted to retire as, a, as an Oakland A, as an athletic. So coming up on the show, what's next for the A's after this move? I'll throw some ideas your way. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. The Super Bowl's on Sunday, so they got some lines on that. Last I checked, it was minus three for the Chiefs. They've also got some in-game bets if you're interested in that stuff. You know, who's going to score first? Who's going to score the most points? Which is actually the winner of the game, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you guys by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the A's, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to go over some DH options here in a second. But real quick, I just wanted to go over some of the money that was involved in this uh, Elvis Andrews for Chris Davis deal as well. The Rangers are sending over $13.5 million, leaving between $500,000 and $750,000 of his contract in 2021 to be filled by the A's. That is a big sum of money that the A's are saving by shipping out Chris Davis. So the A's have a lot of money to work with in 2021, which is a plus. It could be the last season that they have before they trade uh, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. We will see. Um, Definitely not looking forward to that, but if the A's are freeing up some money so they can make some moves to do that, sure, that's great. Give give us one more shot. That's all I've been asking for on this podcast for the last few weeks, and maybe they're giving it to us. We'll see. Uh, so with Chris Davis's $16.5 million coming off the books, that frees up around $16 million for the A's to spend. We'll see how much of it they spend because we know how John Fisher is, but it, it's more than they had before at the start of the day, so that's a plus. And as I've said before, the A's also signed Mike Fires to a $3.5 million deal for 2021. It's the only offer he received. Maybe he was being blackballed for uh, being a whistleblower, as Susan Slosser pointed out. Uh, wouldn't be surprising if he was, because that seems to be what sports people do when uh, people speak out against them. So uh, the A's signed Mike Fires, and that's a, another big all-in move for 2021. Uh 
It's not, but jokes aside though, um, this does help the depth in the rotation with an which has a lot of unproven but talented arms. They have Jesus Luzardo, very good. AJ Puck, is he going to be in the rotation or is he going to be in the bullpen? I'd put him in the bullpen personally, but if he's going to be in the rotation, sure, why not? Then you got Frankie Montas, who's shown nice spurts, but can he put together over a whole season? Not sure. Uh, Chris Bassett was fantastic in 2020, but is he going to be that pitcher moving forward? We will see. So they've got some unanswered questions, and having Mike Fires there, he gives you 25 starts and roughly an ERA around league average, and that's that's not nothing. So would I have liked the money to go elsewhere? Probably, but I'm not mad at Mike Fires coming back to the A's. Sure, why not? Let's do it. But moving on to some of the longer-term money that the A's added in adding Elvis Andrews to their uh, into their roster here. Andrews has a vesting option. Well, he had a vesting option uh, in his contract that became a player option for the 2023 season because he was traded. So now he is going to be with the A's unless they trade him again for the 2023 season. And that means that he's going to be owed $15 million in 2023. And I'm not sure that he's going to be able to be moved from the A's because that's a large sum of money. And if his stats continue to decline, nobody's going to want to pay him $15 million. So I don't know that he's going to be a uh, movable piece for the A's unless they eat, you know, $7 million of that deal. And then you got the Rockies and they're like, hey, maybe he can be really good for us and we're going to compete. And, you know, they're uh, they're crazy over there. So maybe he's going to end up with Colorado to finish out his contract. We will see. But in 2022, he's going to be owed $14.25 million. And in 2023, he's owed $15 million. So you got $29.25 million over those two years. And uh, it's basically the A's taking Chris Davis's money, uh, taking that off the books, and then putting this money in there that they don't have a lot of money on the books for future seasons. That, you know, guaranteed money. They have guys that are hitting arbitration like Chapman and Olsen. We'll see what happens with them. But it's them adding money to their future books and hoping to compete now is basically what this trade is. Obviously, there's parts of this trade that are the A's hoping for the pandemic to be under control by summer, as some uh, people are predicting. So if they can start making a little bit of money this season, have a full season next year of making money, then maybe they can afford Elvis Andrews and not have to trade him. Uh, obviously, I think they'd want to trade him just from getting other people in there and getting Nick Allen a chance if he's still around, which actually leads me to my next point, and that is uh, Nick Allen is no longer the surefire next shortstop for the Oakland A's because Elvis Andrews has a decent amount of money attached to him, and he plays shortstop. So uh, that means that Nick Allen could be expendable come the trade deadline if the uh, if the front office feels like they need to make a move to improve the team to win in this season. Um, while that sucks to hear, he'd only be moved in a deal, I think, that would improve the current club's chances to win the World Series. I don't think that they're going after the ALS title and sacrificing Nick Allen to do that. And I also don't think that they'd move him like now. I think that they'd wait until closer to the trade deadline once they could address their needs more efficiently. Like, are they going to need a big arm for the rotation or the bullpen? Do they need a closer? Or is one of their key cogs missing due to injury? Do they need to find a replacement for that person? Is it like Matt Chapman from last year? Do they need to find a Matt Chapman replacement for 2021 uh, to finish out the year. That's how I think that trading Nick Allen would work. I don't think that it's going to be, oh yeah, we just wanted to trade him for chits and giggles. I don't think that that's how that's going. Um, also, I don't know that he's necessarily the guy that they want to trade right now, but uh, with 
Elvis Andrews on board for three more seasons and probably not being able to be traded, uh, I think that it's definitely a possibility at this point. Um, I don't have sources, so don't quote me on that. It's just my thought process, and that's how that works is all. But as for the the deal on the whole with just, you know, the, the main pieces involved for the A's, I don't think that I hate this deal. And I know that I'm probably starved for the A's to do just like anything at this point, and it's part of their psychological torture of A's fans. But I don't think that I hate it, especially if it ends up that they land another person to play DH for them because they can improve uh, over Chris Davis at DH. And then you, on the aggregate, you may have a better team. And I will say, you know, maybe you can find somebody on the aggregate and replace Marcus Simeon that way. And this is a way that they could do that. If they move Chris Davis, well, they have moved Chris Davis, and you bring in somebody better or somebody with nice splits, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, th this team's got a better offense than, you know, with Simeon and Davis. Maybe they got, uh, you know, Elvis Andrews and, I don't know, maybe Yoana Cespedes. Uh, that could be an option that they could consider, and maybe they'd be a better team like that. Um, he's you know, a good fit. He does get hurt a lot. And, uh, you know, even when he's de-aging. So I don't know that he's a great fit because obviously if you're going to bring somebody in to be the, the full-time DH, you want them to be healthy and productive. So I don't know that that's necessarily a fit for them. He's also a right-handed batter. The A's have a lot of righties. If you're going to bring somebody in, you might want to bring in a lefty. Um, if the A's wanted to stick with the sentimental route and go after a lefty, they could bring back Carlos Gonzalez, see if he could improve upon his stats before he got traded to the Colorado Rockies. Um, I'm just joking. I'm pretty sure he's washed at this point. So I don't, don't sign cargo, please. <laughs> but I mean, they could also replay the David justice era and try to persuade Brett Gardner into coming to Oakland. He'd be a decent lefty bet. You could also probably swing Piscotty into the DH spot if you needed to, uh, try and keep him a little bit healthier. Cause I do think that if Piscotty is healthy, he is still a productive player at the plate. So, uh, is that a bad move? Probably not. I would not mind Brett Gardner in, uh, green and gold. I don't know that he'd come here, but uh, it'd be an, uh, something to consider at the very least. Uh, but if you wanted to go for both nostalgia and a lefty, here here's one that's actually sticking in my craw a little bit. Why not see what Jed Lowry's up to? He could serve as the t team's DH for most of the time because he's been injured the last two years. So you keep him healthy, hopefully that way. Uh, and then he could also play some second base if needed. And then he covers a couple of different holes and I think it could be an interesting move to consider Jed Lowry as the team's main DH, but also he could play some uh, some second base. And if he's feeling real good, he just plays second base all the time. And then you got DH open again, then you can go after another big bet. Interesting. And I don't know that he's going to be signing for a ton of money, like one year, $8 million. I don't think it's going to come to that. It might be like one year, two mil or one year league minimum with incentives if he stays healthy. And he stayed healthy with the A's Every time that he's been here, why not? It'd be an interesting, interesting move. But uh, I'm also not married to the idea, but I think it's the most intriguing of the options that I have here. And that's why I put it in the middle. So it's going to peter out from here. Like the next guy that I got written down, he's probably the best option. And that's Yasiel Puig. He's the most consistent bat that's available on the market. And I think that he'd be a really solid addition. He's a right-handed batter, but you know, I'm not holding that against him. If whoever they get has to be a solid bat. I don't care if they're a righty or a lefty, just a solid bat. That's all that I want. So I'm not really 
concerned about his on-the-field stuff. What I am a little bit concerned about is his off-the-field shenanigans uh, from, you know, previous teams and all that stuff. Um, and I don't mean, like, in an old-timey baseball sense, like, oh, how dare he flips his bat or does anything. I more so mean, like, can he be trusted to keep the team's risk levels low during another COVID season? Because uh, he does lick bats and he does go to the beat of his own drum. And I don't know that that is necessarily a fit with the Oakland A's because they were a very cautious team in 2020. They got uh, Jake Diekman, who is a high risk player. You don't want to put somebody like that, especially if he's, he might be the team's closer or, you know, at all, but especially uh, the team's closer. I don't know that you want to put them in harm's way or bring introduce a, a risk in that regard. So I don't know that I would necessarily uh, consider Yasiel Puig until the vaccine is out there in mass and then bring him aboard because he is a solid bat to add to the lineup. But until then, I'm a little bit wary about adding Yasiel Puig uh, just because of, you know, off the field shenanigans and whatnot. Um, and a couple of other names that I got written down here are Mitch Moreland. He's another lefty bat that you'd have to platoon. Uh, he'd be solid. He was good with the Red Sox and the Padres last year. Then you got the aging Edwin Encarnacion. And uh, you could see if he has anything left, a lot like Frank Thomas uh, when the EA signed him back in 06. Maybe lightning strikes again. And then he also does the parrot thing when he hits home runs. And I enjoy that. Um, another guy is Justin Turner, who's still out there. I know he's a third baseman, but, you know, maybe. I don't know that he'd take a cheap one-year deal to play for the A's, but, I mean, he can hit, so there's something. There's also some COVID concerns with him. If you watch the World Series, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I don't know that he'd be a great fit on that realm, but he's a hitter. So uh, all the best hitters, apparently, COVID risks. Um, and then finally, uh, what about a trade for Miguel Andujar? I know that he's kind of spit upon these days just because he can't play uh, defense at all, but uh, he doesn't need to play defense as a DH. He is a 25-year-old with a crappy glove, and the A's are not interested in playing him because they have too many DH types. So he seems like he'd be available in the right kind of a trade for them. His value's depressed. It'd be a nice buy-low opportunity for somebody who could legitimately be a decent bat in a lineup. And uh, he's going to be cheap for this season. He hit arbitration after the 2021 season, and maybe they're going to be uh, able to flip him for something else down the line. But but I think that he's an interesting name to consider at the very least. I don't know that the A's would necessarily want to trade with the Yankees and make them better, but uh, Miguel Andor seems to be somebody that, he, that the Yankees have no intention of ever playing again. So uh, why not? Um, the A's could also use the DH spot to give some playing time to their own minor league outfielders as well, because they got Blaze Tom, Seth Brown, Greg Diekman, and Luis Barrera, all as options that hit from the left side. And uh, But they're all unproven as well. And I think that trading for Elvis Andrews isn't exactly a win-now move, but it does show that they don't want to punt the season either. They don't want to just have Chad Pender play at shortstop. No offense to Chad Pender. I think I'm, he might be fine, but uh, they went for a more veteran presence at shortstop. And so I think that playing Tom Brown, uh, Diekman or Barrero wouldn't necessarily be punting the season, but it would present more risk than adding some of the other veterans that I named or Miguel Andujar as well. So I think that they're going to go after a bigger bat to fill in as the DH, the more full-time DH, or they could just have their other fourth outfielder like Piscotti or uh, Mark Canna in the lineup more often. Maybe that's the route that they go and uh, they, they play one of these other lefties um, in the field because they're younger. 
and they're decent fielders. So that's a, there's a lot at play here, and I'm not sure what's next for the A's, but I'm pretty sure that the trade was not the last move that the A's are going to make. Obviously, they, they signed Mike Fires, so they got a bunch of deals coming down the pike. Um, I still have a lot to say about this move and what it could mean for the current A's, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. Uh, I also recorded a bunch of talk about Marvel and baseball with Locked on Padres, so it's Javi Reyes, so that's in the queue at the moment. I'm going to fancy it up, and uh, I'll release it this week because uh, WandaVision comes out again on Friday, so got to make sure that I get it up before then. Um, so I'm going to be re- releasing all that stuff this week. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't get so you don't miss any of that or, you know, any future A's moves if they keep making moves. So, uh, yeah, that's it for today. So until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys later.